Welcome to It's a Crime, I'm Linda, and today we're gonna be talking about the day that Brandon Boudreaux got shot and the Jeep. Was he alone? Did he have help? We're gonna do some exploring. But before we get into it, if you'd like to be part of the It's a Crime community, please click that subscribe button below, hit that notification bell, make sure you hit it to all so that you could be notified of all my upcoming videos and my live streams. Please click the like button if you like and support this video and please share this out where you can. Now, let's get into it. Brandon Boudreaux had thankfully a unsuccessful attempt made on his life on Wednesday, October the 2nd, 2019. Brandon was married to Lori Vallow's niece, Melanie Boudreaux, and Melanie asked Brandon for a divorce in May or June of 2019 a month or two before Charles Vallow died. Brandon thought that his marriage was a happy one and was surprised by the request. He said, I thought I had a happy marriage, so it was pretty overwhelming. And Brandon and Melanie have four children together. Isn't it eerie at Brandon's statement because this statement was very similar to the one that Charles conveyed, that they were about to celebrate their 13th wedding anniversary, that he loved Lori so much and would do anything for her. And it's the same here that Brandon's saying, you know, I was married to her 11 years. I thought I had a really great marriage and great kids and a beautiful home and came as a shock to him. Now, according to legal documents, Brandon had a custody exchange with Melanie the morning of Wednesday, October the 2nd. He left his home at 7.20 a.m. and dropped Melanie and Brandon's two older children off at school and then met up with Melanie to do the exchange with the two smaller children. They do the exchange, then Brandon heads to the gym before heading home to work. He arrives home at around 9.13 a.m. As he arrives home, there is a vehicle parked outside of his house, and when he passed the vehicle, an individual inside of the vehicle fired a shot towards the driver's side front window of Brandon's vehicle. It shattered his window and the bullet missed his head by inches, the shooter fled the area. And in the official statement, it says, on October 2nd, 2019, father left his home at approximately 7.20 a.m. to drop the older children off at school and exchange the younger children with mother. After the exchange, instead of immediately returning home to work, father went to the gym and did not arrive back at his home until approximately 9.13 a.m. Upon father's return to his home, a vehicle was parked out front of father's residence. And when father passed the vehicle, the individual inside the vehicle fired a shot towards the driver's side front window of father's vehicle, hitting the vehicle just inches above father's head and shattering his window. The shooter then proceeded to flee the area. Father immediately dialed 911 and Gilbert police dispatched close to 20 officers to father's residence where they shut down father's street for the most of the day to investigate the crime. So Brandon makes that 911 call. Gilbert police then dispatches almost 20 officers. They shut down the street for most of the day. And here is a visual of where everything happened. Brandon had just moved in the week before as he mentioned in his 911 call in the Cooley Station neighborhood, as you can see on this map. Now, East Picos Road and South Wrecker Road in Gilbert, Arizona, this is where Brandon says the Jeep drove south between Picos and Wrecker. East Phelps Street and South Fisher Lane in Gilbert, this is where Brandon gives the 911 operator as a crossroads of where he's waiting 
in his car for police to arrive after the shooting. Now, after this all happened, Brandon went in hiding with his children and hired a private investigator named Rich Robertson. And this is what Rich had to say. He said, Lori Vallow certainly got Melanie involved in this. They were loving couples. They had picture-perfect family. They seemed to be right out of magazines until they got involved in this cult situation and things started going off the rails. They got sucked into this religion and got rid of their husbands, essentially. Lori's brother Alex was very much involved in helping with that process. He seemed like the family enforcer. Now you see, Brandon knew of Charles's death months before this happened, and he knew Alex Cox was involved. He also knew that his wife, out of the blue after 11 years of marriage, asked for a divorce and Brandon blamed it on what he believes is a cult that Melanie and Lori and Chad are part of. Brandon also has a $1 million life insurance policy just like Charles did. And he was even quoted to say that Melanie had a million dollars of reasons why she wanted him dead. And in court documents, Brandon claims that Ian told police that Melanie said that she conspired with her uncle Alex to kill Brandon. Also in these documents, um, Brandon believed that Melanie conspired to kill him before their divorce finalized to cash in on a policy to help support the cult that she is believed to be part of. Also, it says, father asserts that mother had a million dollars of reasons to have father killed. It says, father asserts that mother is heavily involved with a doomsday cult located primarily out of the town in which mother currently resides. Mother left Arizona almost immediately after the attempt on father's life, leaving without a trace and leaving her children behind. And that's also according to the court documents. Now, also in the legal documents, they talk about Tidley's Jeep used in this murder attempt and they state that it was registered to Charles Vallow. This same vehicle was impounded in November from Rexburg, Idaho, which is very important to note. It says the vehicle mentioned in paragraph six of this affidavit is a 2018 gray Jeep Wrangler bearing Texas license plate number LWD0997. Said vehicle is registered to Charles Vallow, who is the deceased husband of Lori Vallow. Lori Vallow and Charles Vallow were in the process of getting a divorce when Charles Vallow died. The Gilbert Police Department was interested in this vehicle because it had been identified in an attempt shooting of a Brandon Boudreau in Gilbert, Arizona on October 2nd, 2019. Brandon had previously been married to Lori Vallow's niece, Melanie Boudreau. At the time of his attempted shooting, Brandon witnessed the Jeep, which he recognized as being the same vehicle that TR regularly drove, Tylee Ryan. Brandon observed a rifle with a silencer come out of the rear window of the Jeep and then Brandon's vehicle was shot once in the front driver's door frame. As Brandon drove away, the Jeep followed but eventually turned a different direction. This same Jeep observed by Brandon was seized pursuant to a search warrant in November of 2019 in Rexburg, Idaho. It is significant that the vehicle TR reportedly regularly drove was still in Rexburg nearly two months after the last known sighting of TR. So let's take a look at the potential players and see who could have been involved, either indirectly or directly that day. We have to remember that this event actually happened in Gilbert, Arizona, 
and that Tylee's Jeep was in Rexburg, Idaho when it was impounded. So the Jeep was in Arizona and then ended up in Rexburg. And just an FYI, Rexburg to Gilbert, Arizona is an almost 14 hour drive covering 922.3 miles. So here are all the people that could be involved. Now I wanna point out the top six, like Nate Eaton said in East Idaho News when he was talking to Melanie Gibb, he talked about them being, you know, the group of six, being Melanie Pulowski, Alex Cox, Lori Vallow, Chad Daybell, Zulema Pastenez and Melanie Gibb. And I'm gonna bring up Charles Vallow because that's his Jeep. But even though we know the Jeep was involved, it wasn't Charles Vallow that was involved, obviously because he had passed away three months before that. So we can safely say Charles was not involved. And Tylee Ryan, we can probably safely say that even though it was Tylee's Jeep, she was not involved because she was last seen on September 8th and this is October 2nd. But let's look at Lori, we're gonna start with her. On October 1st, Lori rented a storage unit from Storage Plus in Rexburg, Idaho for 53 bucks a month and it was a 10 by 10 unit. She was seen on surveillance by herself on that day. She was also seen on surveillance footage the next day on October 2nd at 2.29 p.m. along with Chad Daybell. Now the shooting happened at 9.14 a.m., which is actually 10.14 a.m. Rexburg time, and they were shown on cam at 2.30. So that would mean from the moment Brandon got shot at until the time they arrive on camera at the rental unit in Rexburg is only three hours. And since it's a 14 hour drive, we know driving would be impossible. But I also thought, well, what if she flew? And it's a five hour flight with one stop. That was the fastest I could find. And from Phoenix to Idaho Falls, and then a half an hour drive from Idaho Falls to Rexburg. Plus, you got to tack on the time from when you need to get to the airport, which is around an hour before, right? So not to mention getting from Brandon's house to the airport. And then how would the Jeep get back? So I think it's safe to say that it's not possible for Lori to be in Arizona that day. Let's look at Chad Daybell. Chad was also seen on video surveillance at the same time Lori was on October 2nd although he wasn't on camera the day before. What is interesting though, is both Chad and Lori were seen that day rolling out a tire from Lori's car into the storage unit. Then they went back to Lori's car. They took out the back, well, the entire back seat of a vehicle, one that perhaps belonged to a Jeep. Now here's what Nate Eaton of East Idaho News said. He says, Chad pulls a tire out of the back of Lori's car and rolls it into the storage unit. Chad and Lori take out a removable rear car seat and put it in the storage unit. Then Lori and Chad shut the door and leave. He also said that a window on a Jeep has to take the spare tire off of the back in order to roll the window down. And as you know, Jeeps do not have a lot of space in the back, right? So he talked about how the seat was most likely taken out of the Jeep. Now the question is, was the reason to take the rear seat out 
so that there was more room in the back of it or was it more for ease of use to shoot and then quickly get into the driver's seat? What are your thoughts? Let me know in the comments below. Now the curious thing that makes me wonder is why did Lori drop off that rear back seat and the spare tire on the same day that Brandon was shot at? Why not the day before when Lori first rented the storage unit? But then I thought, well, she probably would have had to have help with the seat, right? But where was Chad the day before and where was Alex? But I think we can agree that Chad couldn't have shot at Brandon because he was shown on camera with Lori that same day on that same day. And also because of the return time factor from flying and driving, like I mentioned with Lori. But we didn't see Chad on camera the day before on the first, and we don't have an alibi for him yet. So we technically can't say or don't know if he drove the Jeep there and then flew home or something like that. I just highly doubt it, in my opinion. And he would have had to have made an excuse to Tammy because he's makes because he's been making already a bunch of excuses how to get out and see Lori. And this would be another one having to go to Arizona. I just really doubt that Chad was there, but you never know. So back to Lori, maybe she was waiting for Chad and Alex and or Alex to come back and help her with that. So I do wonder why Lori went on October 1st to rent it and then come back the next day to bring this stuff. It's not a big detail. I just kind of thought, huh, the day of she, she did it on that day. So maybe Chad wasn't around and certainly Alex didn't seem to be around. So now let's take a look at Melanie Boudreaux. It just so happens that Melanie was doing a custody exchange that morning with Brandon and so that their two older kids were at school and their two younger kids were with Melanie at the time of the shooting. So she would know that the kids would be safe if she was potentially involved in it. More importantly, Melanie would know that Brandon would be alone. And I do wonder where the actual custody exchange happened, if it was at Brandon's new place or if it was a neutral location or if Brandon dropped them off. I haven't seen that yet. If you do know that, let me know in the comments below. And the questions I have is, how long was that Jeep sitting outside Brandon's house for? Somebody would have to know he'd be there in the morning they would have to know where his new house is located. And the person who was waiting outside, maybe they didn't know that Brandon was going to the gym that morning. So they possibly could have been expecting Brandon to come home right away instead of going to the gym. But when Brandon pulled up, they were waiting and they took a shot. Now, as I mentioned before, Brandon had that life insurance policy and father asserts that mother had a million dollars of reasons to have father killed like I mentioned earlier. So it's important to note that two weeks after this shooting took place, Melanie sent Brandon a text saying to him that she's moving. She actually lied and said, I'm moving to Boise, Idaho. And she says, we could figure out what you wanna do, whether you take the kids and I see them on holidays or that kind of thing. And she did leave a week after that text was made and it's noted that she did not show up to court 
when they had it. I believe the date was October 22nd. Now, in the text it said, the kids could remain with you in Arizona, you would have to arrange for daycare, and I could have the kids for school holidays and summers. Or I could take the kids to Idaho and roll them in school there, and you could have the kids for school holidays and summers. Please let me know what you'd like to do. Now, as a side note, in Melanie's new lease in Rexburg, she had her name on it and her four kids as well. But a judge granted Brandon temporary custody of the children after this all went down, and Brandon said that he was living with the children and hiding out of state. And I'd like to know, though, if Melanie had her two youngest kids that entire morning, or if it was just partial, she dropped them off somewhere for a little bit and then picked them up again, as you never know. I'd like to know her timeline that morning. She was in Arizona at that time. She was still living there. She did not move to Rexburg until a couple weeks later, and she would be a million dollars richer if this was successful and she wouldn't be having to go through a custody battle. So it would kind of be easy peasy for her if this happened in a sense. And it almost worked for Aunt Lori because Charles had the million dollar life insurance policy, but he changed it before he died and Lori learned the hard way on that one and didn't get the money. But perhaps Melanie made sure it was still going to her. And we do know that Brandon was also rated as three dark, which is a zombie rating. So Brandon was a zombie too. I'll talk about that in a minute. Now, I don't fully rule Melanie out. I think it's possible. Maybe she wasn't in that Jeep that day, or maybe she was. We don't know. Hopefully the authorities know either way. So far, we don't know. But I want to bring up another important point. In the recent video with Melanie Gibb, and I did talk about it as well, um, Melanie Gibb talked about how Melanie Boudreau and Alex asked Melanie Gibb to go to Brandon's old house. This is about two weeks after the shooting. Go to his old house and check on the kids. And Melanie Gibb goes there. She's trying to see if the kids are there. The neighbor's like, no, no. Brandon actually moved two weeks ago. And it's a good thing they moved because the poor guy was shot at. And so Melanie Gibb was like, whoa, really? So she goes back, tells Alex Cox and Melanie Boudreaux what happened. And they kind of just like, yeah, oh yeah, I know. I know, yeah, we think, this is Alex saying, I think that somebody did that and wanted to basically frame us that we did it. So I found that really interesting how she went to go check on the kids at the old house. And I'm betting that, and this is just my own opinion, I'm betting that that was a setup for Melanie to go check in on the old house when they know they weren't at the old house. And think of it, for somebody to have to make an attempt on Brandon's life, they'd have to know where he is because clearly they know where he lived. And it was a new place for him where he lived. Would a complete stranger who doesn't know Brandon or maybe an enemy who wants to kill Brandon, would they borrow Tylee's Jeep to do it? No. And how many people did Brandon actually tell where he moved to? Now, 
I'm not sure if they did this or not, but usually when you're moving and you're going through a custody issue, you have to notify the other parent where you're moving. I know that doesn't always happen, but that's what you're supposed to do. So I'm curious as to who actually knew where Brandon moved to. And I'm betting at least one of those people knew. So let's talk about Alex, because this is going to be important. Alex is the protector and the guardian of his sister, as we've seen before, and I'm guessing his niece as well. Alex protected Lori by going after Lori's third husband, Joseph Ryan, and stunned him with a stun gun and went to jail for it. He killed Charles Vallow and he claimed self-defense and got away with it. Well, what would one more be? And I believe that not only was Alex a protector for Lori, but also a protector of his niece, Melanie Boudreau. And Alex helped Melanie by flying from Rexburg to Gilbert, Arizona together, and then grabbing a U-Haul truck and help Melanie move her things out of the house and then drive from Arizona back to Rexburg, Idaho. They also drive from Rexburg to Utah at a different date, to Brandon's parents' house in American Fork to try and find her children. And Melanie then ends up in jail and Alex bails her out. Now, I think these guys are two peas in a pod, I guess you could say. Melanie actually describes Alex in a recent interview as her best friend and that they talk and confide in each other a lot. So on the 1st of October, Lori was seen by herself Alex wasn't seen on there, so Alex could have been on that way that day or before to Gilbert, Arizona and possibly driving the Jeep. On October 2nd, Alex wasn't seen on camera either. It was Chad Daybell and the Jeep was in Gilbert, Arizona and had to come to Rexburg, so somebody had to drive it from there. It's not Lori. It's not Chad and potentially not Melanie because she's still living in Arizona, but she could have driven it down. But it's looking more like good old Uncle Alex. Since Melanie was in Arizona at the time, I still would like to know what her timeline was that morning and if the kids were with her or not the entire time. Now on October 3rd, the next day, this is where Alex was seen on camera at the storage unit. Lori and Alex are both seen together at this unit and Alex removes the tire and the seat from the storage unit and puts them back into the car. There were also gun cases noted coming in and out of that storage unit for those months they were using it. And this is possible that Alex drove the vehicle back because it's a 14 hour drive from Gilbert to Rexburg and he is a trucker and he's used to the long times in driving. So he could have been home actually that night. So if he left at around 9.30 and left towards Rexburg, it's a 14 hour drive, but it'd be actually 10.30 Rexburg time. So he could have been in at 12.30 in Rexburg. So it's totally possible that that was Alex. So after diving into each person that could be involved and knowing that the investigator said that it was Alex Cox shooting that gun that day, it makes sense that that was him there. Also, 
Alex believed in zombies, and Charles was a supposed zombie and Alex killed him. He says that it was self-defense, but we're seeing something different. And from Chad's rating system, he says that Brandon Boudreaux is also dark and was rated as such. So he has to go too. And since Alex believed in zombies and even Melanie Gibbs said he's 100% believing in them, then he wouldn't have a problem doing it. Now the question would be if Melanie knew about it or not. Did Alex go and do this on his own to protect Melanie or did he do it with Melanie's knowledge? After all, it worked for Lori. Charles was the zombie, gotta get rid of him. And Lori thought she would get the money and the kids are gone and they were free. Do you believe that Melanie knew about this shooting that day? Let me know what you think in the comments below. Now, another note is in the Dateline episode aired on May 1st, and Keith asked her if Melanie asked Alex if it was him that shot at Brandon and Melanie said that Alex made jokes about it and how insane it would be in broad daylight to shoot him in a recognizable car. And also in a memo from Melanie's current husband, Ian Pulowski, Lori and Chad said that Brandon was possessed and Alex may need to take a shot at Brandon in order to take care of the Lord's purpose of what needed to happen. Melanie also said to Ian that Alex had great faith and that he never wavered in his trust in the Lord and no task was too difficult for him to accomplish. As for the Jeep, it was verified to be registered to Charles Vallow like we talked about and known to be the vehicle that Tylee drove. The Jeep was in Rexburg after the shooting and was impounded a month later in November. My question surrounding the Jeep is, why keep it? Tylee went missing in September, early September, on September 8th. Why keep the Jeep? Especially if you want everything to be a secret. And if you had visitors coming, right? It's a group parking spot in these townhomes. Wouldn't Melanie Pulowski say, hey, that's Tylee's Jeep, where's Tylee? Or anybody else that visited? I find this really weird. Let's have a chit chat below. We can discuss what happened this day. I am going to be doing another video on Charles Vallow's day because I'm finding out some more information. You can check out my whole Lori Vallow playlist in the description below and I'm also gonna do it in the pinned comment. Please subscribe if you haven't done so already. Be sure to check out my new Crime Ring membership. You can see that in the description. Click the like button and click the share button. Thank you so much for watching. See you soon.